0: Ephesians chapter 6, and we're going to begin reading at verse 10 and read through verse 20 as we prepare ourselves to consider the word of God. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. The apostle says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God And having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation, And the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints, and for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that wherein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Amen. We'll end our reading there. We trust the Lord will bless his word to our hearts for Jesus' sake. This morning I want us to think on the words that we find particularly in verse 18 where we are instructed along with the armor that has been listed in the Verses preceding to also pray or praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. I want to think this morning on what I am entitling All Prayer. All Prayer. Before we go further though, let's just ask the Lord to bless this time for Jesus' sake. Lord in heaven, now I would pray that you will help us whose eyes are unto thee, whose hearts extend to thee, whose needs are known to thee. Lord, we pray that you will bless us with the word, that you will use it of the spirit, that it will show us not just ourselves, but more importantly, it will show us yourself, that we would be those who beholding the riches and the glories of our god might be only not only encouraged but strengthened with might in the inner man lord i pray that you will then bless us bless us thoroughly for jesus sake for the glory of his name and lord i pray now that you will help me as your servant i pray that thou wilt let the spirit of god be the one who takes the words takes the thoughts and brings them as he wishes for the hearts of those that hear. And Lord, we pray these things in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Amen. It would seem that with our consideration of the last mentioned piece of Christian armor, that is, the sword of the Spirit, that we would be at the end of those soldier-like tools that are needed for the withstanding of the wiles of the devil. Nevertheless, there is one more part of Christian armor that needs to be noted and considered. In speaking of this particular piece, Harry Ironside makes the following comment. He says, But now, after all this, when you have the various parts of armor in place, there is something that must never be omitted. Bunyan, he says, speaks of it as actually a part of the armor. He says, in addition to all the rest, there was a piece called all prayer. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Well, this essential piece of Christian armor is mentioned then specifically in that moment in Pilgrim's Progress where Christian finds himself in the midst of the valley of the shadow of death, He is at that time quite overcome with the darkness and the terror of that place as he walks an unseen and sliver-like path which has destruction on both sides. Bunyan then says of that moment, and here are his words from Pilgrim's Progress, About the midst of the valley I perceived the mouth of hell to be... And it stood also hard by the wayside. Now Christian thought, what shall I do? And ever and anon the flame and smoke would come out in abundance, with sparks and hideous noises, things that cared not for Christian's sword, as did Apollyon before, that he was forced to put up his sword, and betake himself to another weapon called all-prayer. So he cried in my hearing, O Lord, I beseech thee, deliver my soul. This would then suggest that it is a tool and it is the tool of prayer that proves mighty and effectual with God. Or as is stated in James 5 and 16, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. So we will conclude that prayer is ordained as a means through which the people of God find their way into the presence of God. Or as is commented from the book of Daniel, Daniel 9 and 3. And I set my face unto the Lord God to seek by prayer and supplications. Prayer has in it the power of God power which first works on our hearts and then brings the hand of God into the place of our need. Or as Psalm 18 verse 6 says, In my distress I called upon the Lord and cried unto my God. He heard my voice out of his temple and my cry came before him even into his ears. Then the earth shook and trembled. The foundations also of the hills moved and were shaken because... He was wroth. As we noted with the other pieces. That served to equip the Christian soldier. The power or strength. Of that piece was not in what it suggested as a picture. But in the grace that attended it. So it is with the subject today. We are told that prayer is characterized by the supplication of the heart. It is also, in the words of our text, characterized by the perseverance of faith, which brings us soul to watch for the hand of God to be seen. Prayer causes the heart to remain steadfast when everything else around is being carried away with the swelling currents of trouble. It is certainly, and will certainly, do us good to remind ourselves of what prayer is. We are told in the Scripture that prayer is the opening of the heart to God in faith. Psalm 62, verse 8 Trust in Him at all times, ye people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Selah. It's the opening and pouring out of the heart. Prayer also is the honest and truthful confession. Of all that is in the heart. Or as Psalm 145 verse 18 says. The Lord is nigh unto them that call upon him. To all that call upon him in truth. Prayer is honest. Without honesty, prayer is not prayer. Without truth, prayer is other than prayer. Prayer is also the looking entirely outside of yourself to the Savior. Prayer is not the consideration of self. It is not the mere reciting of words formally. It is not complaint Prayer is not the itemizing of our wants. Prayer is the consideration of the Lord. And reaching out to him. On the basis of his word. Isaiah chapter 57 verses 15 and following says. For thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity. Whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place. With him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. Isaiah 66 verse 2. But to this man will I look, says the Lord, even to him that is of a poor and contrite spirit and trembleth at my word. Prayer is looking outside of self. Considering your God and reaching out to him. Reaching away from the things that have to do with your own heart. Also, I would say this. Prayer is the natural and expected act of a heart in which God has implanted faith. Faith prays. Now it's said that faith believes, and that is right. Faith believes, but faith seeks. A faith that does not seek after the Lord God is not real faith. Faith does fend off fear, but faith lays hold of promise. Prayer is the out-breathing of faith. Prayer, in some ways, even defines faith. Prayer cannot be without someone prayed to. Faith cannot be without someone looked to. But we have here in our text a special and unique labeling of prayer as the tool used in the battle with the deceiver. Here it is called all prayer. There's a definite reason for that, and we will consider that today. So, I set before you this as our subject, as our consideration that prayer is a chief spiritual weapon given of God to bring extraordinary help, blessing, and comfort to every believer. It is given of God. As a chief spiritual weapon. So let's consider. The God ordained description. That the Lord attaches to prayer. In the context of the armor of God. Let's consider the Lord's describing prayer as. All prayer. It is suggested then in those words that we have some things that we need to consider about the nature and the application of prayer and its power to our hearts. I want you to see three things with me this morning. First, I'm going to point you to the founding of prayer. The founding of prayer. I ask a couple of questions to start. Is prayer just something that the Lord suggested to mankind As a means of communion at some point after creation. Do you want to commune with me? Do you want to have fellowship with me? Here I'm going to suggest you do this or that. And we'll call it prayer. Or is prayer a practice that man developed as a means of seeking assistance from God? Is this something that came naturally into the heart and mind of man by himself? He just said, well, I'll reach out to God in this fashion. It's not something that God initiated, but rather it is something that I see as perhaps useful in the seeking after God. Or is prayer a simple reaction of the heart that turns to God as a need or desire arises too great for any man to handle? Now, I will tell you that those questions, when it comes to thinking about where prayer started, how it was initiated, how it was laid out for us as a tool, those questions are often answered yes by some. But I will tell you that none of these questions are true, nor are they even close to being true. Prayer did not initiate with man. Prayer is the intercommuning with God by the heart of the one coming. It is a communion with God by the heart of the one coming. Now I, I say this to present this truth, and I say this in bold letters. It was first the practice and pleasure of Christ to pray. The founding of prayer was something that was done with in and through the Lord Jesus. Let me suggest some scriptures to you here at this point. John chapter 17 you know these words. John 17 verse 5 the Lord Jesus is praying and he says and now father excuse me. and now O father Glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. I pray for them, I pray not for the world, but I, for them which thou hast given me. For they are thine, and all mine are thine, and thine are mine, and I am glorified in them. Father, I will that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which thou hast given me, for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, the world hath not known thee, but I have known thee, and these have known that thou hast sent me. I present those words to you to prove simply that prayer, the pouring out of the heart, was ever the practice of Of Christ himself. Before the world began. There was the intercommuning. Between the members of the Godhead. And Christ as the son. The second member of the Godhead. Would commune with the father. In the nature of the way. That he is saying these words. In John 17. And I say. And I stress. That the interaction of the Godhead. Was existent. Before the world was. This means of seeking and knowing was blessed from eternity. It is not a practice that was created with man. And so I would say, here's the context for understanding John chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. There was a communion. Further, I will say this. That prayer was the practice of Christ Jesus while he walked on this earth. You read in Mark chapter 1 verse 35. And in the morning rising up a great while before day he went out and departed into a solitary place. And there prayed. Luke nine twenty-nine: And as he prayed. This talking about the mount of transfiguration. As he prayed the fashion of his countenance was altered and his raiment was white and glistering the Lord Jesus praying at the tomb of Lazarus where he says, I thank you, Father, that you hear me. Luke chapter 22, verse 41. That night when the Lord Jesus was betrayed, before the crowd came and led him away, we read these words, and he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast and kneeled down and prayed. My point to you this morning is that prayer, all prayer, fervent, honest, true prayer began with Christ. As he is the author and finisher of our faith, he is also the author and finisher of prayer. I say this morning that prayer has its power for it reflects the habit of Christ. It reflects the voice of Christ, the perfection of Christ, and the finished work of Christ. Think on this. You know these words. John chapter 14, verse 10. Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself. But the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Prayer was first established in the God hand, and it is the practice of our high priest still. It is the breathing out of the heart of that which God is, is God's to God. So I say this morning that, therefore, the term all prayer is that which well fits what the Lord Jesus was about in his walk with the Father. It is a superlative term. All prayer. It's a superlative term. It's a supreme term. It's a heavenly term. All prayer. And it suggests that tool that gains the fullness of the Father's help And heart for the need of the hour. And so I say to you this morning. That we are given a tool in prayer. Through Christ. That does what the devil cannot withstand. Prayer reflects Christ. Prayer points to Christ. And because this is the way of Christ. Because this is walking in His steps, we can cry to God and have the petitions that we desire of Him. Or as is said in First John five and fourteen, and this is the confidence that we have in Him. That if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us, and we know that He hear us. Excuse me. And if we know that He hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions. That we desired of him. Here is the confidence. Here is the founding of prayer. It is a work that was of Christ. And as such it is blessed of Christ. And it is guaranteed through Christ. To do that which is needful for the people of God. So that we can say even though we look at ourselves and say oh I'm such a pitiful thing. We can say with the psalmist, this poor man cried. And the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The founding of prayer was that which was of Christ. And for that reason, the power of prayer exists as it is. I want us to see secondly then, the function of prayer. The function of prayer. The simplest way to express this idea is that prayer is drawing nigh to God and Him drawing nigh to us. And I say here is where the term given plays well to our hearts. It is all prayer. All prayer. I want you to think about that, what that would suggest just those simple words, I say to you that this would indicate that the kind and the character of prayer has little to do with its success before the throne. The kind and character of prayer has little to do with its success before the throne. So I say this, weak and feeble prayers, though they are weak and feeble are heard, understood in entirety, and considered in the light of Christ's work and covenant. Or may I say it this way, no matter how badly we pray, it is not the words or the emotion that gains the attention of God. The prayer of desperation, such as Peter's when he was sinking in the sea or of the nobleman whose son was sick or of the father of the demoniac who was pleading with the Lord for the Lord's help they were all answered perfectly and in good time you say well there was a, these were prayers that uh, well there, there's nothing that came in there was just somebody just saying Lord help me you know that what what's that got to it it was answered perfectly and in time and the one thing that i want us to, st- to stress this is this there was nothing ever ever seen in the scripture from the heart of the lord that was grading the prayer you and i grade prayers we listen to ourselves we listen to others and we grade it. We assign a value to that prayer. Well, that one was, boy, that prayer was all over the place. That one was, boy, it didn't make sense. there in a couple of places. Or, you know, on the other side of things, well, I waxed eloquent today. I got two poems in my prayer today. I'm sure the Lord is pleased with that. We grade prayers. God does not. Even though it is the weakest And in our eyes, the most ineffectual prayer that could possibly ever be uttered. And it's maybe a a prayer of desperation. The Lord hears. The Lord regards. And the Lord treasures and puts in his bottle. Because it reflects the Lord Jesus. It is the habit of Christ that we're dealing with here. It is the practice of the high priest. We are made to be kings and priests to our God. So that which to our God, though we have to say it was nonsensical, I couldn't even understand myself. Doesn't make a difference. God sees Christ. God hears the heart. He understands what this is, so that all prayer, whether sensible or not, Whether powerful or not. Whether pleasing to the ears of men or not. It is before God. A chief tool. To gain the help. The heart and the comfort of God. We might also put. The prayer of worship in this light. Though we have to pray and confess. Our prayers are. In worship often ignorant and insufficient. It's not turned away. It's well received. Do not be dismayed. When you find yourself praying. In your estimation. Ineffectually. Or ignorantly. Or even selfishly. It is the habit of Christ. That you take to yourself. So the point here is that all prayer. All kinds, all quantities and qualities, all heart situations are still the very tool given of God to reach the throne and find grace to help in time of need. Well, why don't I see answers to prayer then, if this is the way it is? Well, James makes it very clear. You have not because you ask not. First off, are you praying? You may not be. The second thing is, you, you pray and you, you asking? and you have not because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your lust. There's things that you're asking God for that, that are clearly outside of what we would know to be the way and will of God. God is not going to honor such a thing. Does he hear it? Yes. Does he answer it? Yes. But the answer is that you're not going to have this. And that in itself is a mercy. The fact that the Lord withholds it from you is keeping you from something that may actually do you harm. The function of prayer is to draw us nigh to God and Him to us. Now the framework of prayer, this is my last thought. The framework of prayer the instruction that we have from the Lord is that the prayers of the people of God are to be made through the name of the Lord Jesus. So there's my first point here under this sub or sub point under this heading. We need to consider the Lord's name. Now, does that mean that at the end of praying we must say in Jesus name we pray? Well, I will say that this is a wise and careful consideration. And it is a good conclusion. It's something that you ought to take to your mind and your heart. It is right right for us to do so. Will the Lord say, unless you say those words, I'm not going to ever hear your prayer? No. So why do we say that at the end of our prayers? Do we need to remind God that we are praying through and for the sake of the Lord Jesus? Well, he knows that. He knows it well. We're not helping him to see something that he is not aware of. He sees that we are coming in Jesus' name. So us repeating those words at the end of our prayer is not illuminating something to God. But rather, it is, the purpose is to remind us. Again, I underscore this. We say these things to remind us that we must keep in our minds. That the Lord Jesus is the foundation of our approach to God. We cannot come to the Father but by Him. John chapter 14 verse 6. You know this well. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. This morning I was reading from Psalm 75 which is in McShane reading schedule for today and the very first verse as I was reading this stuck out to me it says Psalm 75 verse 1 unto thee O God do we give thanks unto thee do we give thanks for that thy name is near thy wondrous works declare that was said sort of odd Uh, what does he mean simply this That the works of God, the works of Jesus Christ, declare the value, the glory, and the power of the name of Christ. When we name the name of Christ, it is for us a recounting, a remembering, a resting on what the Lord Jesus has done. Now this is in contrast to those who pray through their own powers. The Lord Jesus refers to this in Matthew, Matthew chapter 6. He says, But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think they shall be heard for their much speaking. Those people who do that think because they use certain words, say them a certain number of times, or in a certain way, or in a certain physical position as they find themselves kneeling or prostrate or whatever it is, that God, because of what comes out of them, is hearing them. And because of their fervent exercise of self, that God hears them. Christ is saying, that's not the truth at all. Not even close. God is hearing us because we are in Christ And as we name the name of Christ, we are reminding ourselves that we are casting all of our hopes, all of our expectations upon what Christ is and has done for us. Christ and His person are the work and way into the presence of God. Again, because we are now united to Him, we can come boldly to the throne. We are welcome and we are heard. So again, I say this with emphasis. In praying in Jesus' name, we are pointing to the Lord Jesus and pleading that we will have the ear of God for his sake. In Jesus' name, I'm pointing to Christ. My hope is in Christ. But the benefit is not in God being reminded. The benefit is in me being reminded that all the promises of God in him are yea and in him amen and i hope that every time you close your prayer with these words that you will be reminded to think of the reason that his name is so loved in heaven and why it helps you so the lord's name the framework of prayer It is attached to the Savior's name. All prayer is attached inseparably to Jesus Christ. I want us to see secondly under this heading the Lord's attention. The Lord's name, now the Lord's attention. Do we gain the Lord's attention only when we pray long and eloquent prayers? Or is the Lord pleased when we frame our prayers with airtight reasoning? Well, let me answer these questions first. You can never do either of those two things. You cannot pray ever eloquently enough to please or impress the mind and heart of God. Nor can your reasoning be as airtight as is needed to deal with one whose heart and mind are infinite and omniscient. Every effort of man, no matter how much he congratulates himself, is filled with selfish failure. You're never going to be able to say, that was great praying. God must be impressed. Never will be, can't be. Second, What the Lord is looking for is not self, not you, but Christ. What gains the Lord's attention is the Lord Jesus himself. And more particularly, faith in Jesus. He's looking to believe on the Son. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. I think we're going to learn this verse next month is our memory verse. You know this verse already, many of you. But without faith, it is impossible to please God, to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Faith, he's looking for faith. Matthew 9 and 28, talking about the Lord Jesus dealing with those that would seek the help of his hand, he says in Matthew nine twenty eight. But when he was coming to the house, the blind men came to him. And Jesus saith unto them, believe ye that I am able to do this? Oh, now there's where the rubber meets the road. Do you believe, do you have faith in the person of the Lord Jesus and his ability to do as he says? Matthew 9 and 23. Jesus said unto him, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Talking about the demoniac's father. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. The Lord is looking for faith. He makes it plain over and over and over and over again. Do you have faith in who I am? Do you have faith in what I have done? Do you have faith in what I can do? The Lord is looking for faith. He's not looking for formula. Third, time has no bearing on prayer. Or the subject being brought, it is looking in faith. How often should you pray? No, no, it has no bearing. How long should you pray? It has no bearing. What can you pray for? Again, it has no bearing. I was reading um, of an account where Doctor A. T. Pearson. Um, was visiting George Mueller one time. uh, A.T. Pearson was was often a speaker at Spurgeon's Tabernacle um, in London. And while in London, he was visiting with George Mueller. And as he was there, they were talking about different things. And Mueller was in the process of telling Dr. Pearson of all the numbers of ways the Lord had answered prayer. But as he was, being Mueller, as he was doing this, he also had to do something else. He was a man who was incredibly busy. So while he was talking with A.T. Pearson, he was also writing a letter. You say, well, how do you do that? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. But as he was writing this letter and talking to Pearson, all of a sudden he stops. And he offers a couple of sentences of prayer to God. And he says to God essentially this. This, Lord, is an important letter. And the tip of my pen is not working. And A.T. Pearson, after he concludes it, well, I don't understand, he says, I don't have another pen tip. I have to have this letter done. And I'm asking God to intervene for this. And it was the comment about Pearson from that point on, the pen tip worked fine. Now, how long did it last? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That's not part of the, part of the story. with wasn't told. But the point of it was this. Mueller, who's a man who saw unusual answers to prayer, took even the smallest of things. He didn't have another pen tip. And he had to finish an important letter. He needed God's help. The Lord helped him. And A.T. Pearson is noting this. This man sees large answers to prayer. He also sees large answers to prayer. The most men would call small answers to prayer, but they're all the same God. The framework of prayer is not how or how long we pray, but that we pray in faith to Christ. This, I suggest to you, is a key weapon in the fight against the wiles of the devil. All prayer is as much a part of the Christian armor as the sword of the spirit, the shield of faith, and the, 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 the uh, helmet of salvation. Did I say that twice? Maybe I did. I don't know. Any of those. It is a key weapon... Because it brings our hearts to the place of putting self aside. Opening our hearts. And reaching forth to our God. The devil cannot stand against that. It also brings into the moment the Lord. A vision of him. And the loving of him will win the day. So, I suggest to you that prayer, all prayer, all kinds of prayer, all times of prayer, are that which is blessed of God, for it reflects Christ, it reflects Christ in His own habit and work, it reflects Christ in His finished work for us, and it reflects faith in Him as the means, the power, And the glory of prayer. So. Though the devil will tell us. What you're doing is useless. Prayer. Is useless. Because well look after all. What you've seen. Or not seen. Again. It is our God that says. That this is what he. Will have his people to do that his people might find themselves being able to stand in the evil day and having done all to stand. May God help us. May God lead us as we would be those who would see ourselves doing the very same. Let's pray. Father in heaven, now we pray that you'll bless your word. We pray that you'll let it be that which is used of the spirit of God To not only encourage and instruct, but also, O God, to fortify our hearts in Christ. May we rely upon him, may we look to him, and may we rest in what he is before the throne of God. Now bless these thy people as we go our way. We pray that thou keep our hearts and minds close to thyself. Continue to speak to us through the Spirit of God, we would ask in this thy day.